All right, welcome back. Uh, those of you who are, uh, again, first-timers, haven't been with us for a while, uh, we are, as a congregation, studying the book of Exodus. Uh, in the past few weeks, uh, we have been um, going through Exodus uh, chapter 6. Uh, today, we're going to move on. Uh, we're in chapter 7. So if you miss any of the sermons or any of the messages uh, on the chapter 6, and even that's the whole Exodus series, um, Feel free to check them out on YouTube or our Facebook uh, page, okay? So where, where are we now uh, in our study of Exodus, just to get everybody on the same page? Um, so we took a little break in chapter 6. We took a little break from the storyline of Exodus to uh, take up and, and try to understand the, the, the genealogy of, of Aaron. Okay, that's what we did, right? We, we read the genealogy, said the purpose for the genealogy, and then learned something uh, from the people or the family members of Aaron that were in the genealogy. Uh, and then at the end of chapter 6, it, the, the author brings us back to our storyline. And that's where we're going to start off as we start and, and read and study chapter 7. So let's go back to the end of chapter 6 just so we're uh, in context here. Uh, verses 26 to 30. I was going to read to you, 26 to 30. These are the Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, Bring out the people of Israel from the land of Egypt by their hosts. It was they who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing out people of Israel from Egypt. This Aaron, or this Moses and this Aaron. On the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, the Lord said to Moses, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. And then 30, but Moses, what? Said to the Lord, behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How will Pharaoh listen to me? Back to the storyline. And back to the excuses again. What's with the excuses? Uh, we've just gone through chapter 4, chapter 3, all kinds of excuses. And then here still, <laughs> we're not done with the excuses. Moses, what's going on? So based on those verses, it looks like Moses is still not ready to talk to Pharaoh. Why? Well, what happened the first time Moses talked to Pharaoh? He got, him and Aaron got rejected, Right? He spoke to Pharaoh, give us three days off. What did Pharaoh say? Nope. And he made the lives of the Israelites, what? Harder. Right? Made them grab their own straw to make bricks. Uh, but said, you know, your production has to stay the same. They just added work onto, onto them. So after seeing that, and again, the Lord telling Moses and Aaron, hey, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses was like, Meh. It's, we were there last time. It didn't work. Want to do it again? So Moses, still discouraged, still scared, still afraid, still anxious, uh, says to the Lord, I can't speak. I have uncircumcised lips. I can't do it. So chapter 7 is where God, once again, the God of mercy, is going to encourage Moses. Because after this, I don't think we're going to hear any more excuses from Moses once the plagues start, right? So God, God in chapter 7 encourages Moses 
that he may be able to obey his command and go and speak to Pharaoh. Okay. So now, we're going to go all Baptist today. Uh, you know what I say, Baptist preaching. Uh, there's always three points. And the, all the points start with the same letter as Baptist preaching, right? So we're going to go all Baptist today. So no just random points. Uh, <laughs> three points, same letter. They all start with the letter P. You guys say it start with the letter not fee, okay, Philippine. <laughs> letter P. <laughs> so that's, you get that confused, right? right? P and fee. Uh, <laughs> so three points. How does God encourage Moses at the at the start or the beginning of chapter seven? So that by the end and by the time the plague start, there will be no more excuses. First. God encourages Moses by clothing Moses with power. Number one. Second, God encourages Moses by telling Moses his ultimate purpose. Okay. And number three, God encourages Moses by giving Moses a preview of the things to come. That's why the title of the message is Preview of the going to encourage him. He's going to show up. This is what's going to happen, so don't be afraid. Just do what I say, and you'll be okay. All right? So let's, let's take these up one at a time. First, God helps Moses overcome his fear and anxiety by clothing him with power. Power. Pharaoh said, or sorry, God said to Moses, you will be as God to Pharaoh. This phrase has been mentioned twice uh, in, the ex in Exodus 6 uh, or the chapters of Exodus that we have read so far. First was when Moses was hesitant, you get, and you, hopefully you remember this part. When Moses was hesitant to go to Egypt, remember this? After the burning bush incident, Moses didn't want to go to Egypt. This is not me. This is not me. Call somebody else. And then after that episode, uh, God showed Moses some powerful signs in, in chapter 4 and then in the second half of chapter 4 Moses started giving up all his excuses right I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it in the end the truth comes out it's just I don't want to do it <laughs> not that I can't I just don't want to send somebody else right you can check that out in Exodus 4 6, 14 to 16 let's read that as well Exodus 4 14 to 16 then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will be your mouth, and with his mouth you will teach, uh, will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and shall be your mouth. And here it is, and you shall be what? As God to him. There it is. That phrase, be as God to somebody, was already mentioned um, back in chapter 4. So in that context, in the context of chapter 4, Moses being a as God to, to Aaron means that like God, Moses too will have a spokesperson or a, a prophet. Who's the prophet? Aaron. But in Exodus 7, you, you can't take the same phrase and understand it the same way because in context, 
doesn't make sense. Right? So when God says in chapter 7, when God says to Moses, see, I have made you a God or like God to Pharaoh, does that mean the same thing as when it was mentioned in chapter 4? Because if it does, that means that Moses being a God to Pharaoh means Pharaoh is going to be his prophet? <laughs> that makes sense? So it's got to be different. What's, 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 the, uh, what's the meaning of that then in chapter 7? And this is just a, a good lesson for you guys. Don't take the same word or the same phrase and study the Bible and apply it all at the same way in every time you see that word. It's not. It's not that way. You see it here, right? Same phrase, different interpretations. So when God says to Moses, see, I've made your God to Pharaoh, he didn't mean it in the same way that he meant it, that God meant it in chapter 4. Instead, if you look at the context of chapter 7, Moses being like God to Pharaoh means that even though, and you think about this, at that time, Pharaoh uh, is considered like a god in Egypt. And Egypt, at that time, had multiple gods. And every time a prophet would come to Pharaoh, they would address Pharaoh in the name of the God that they were worshiping. So that's, that's, that's the scenario in Egypt at that point. So Pharaoh is used to listening to prophets talk to him about their God. So what's the difference with, with Moses? When God says for Moses to be like God to to Pharaoh, it means that unlike the other gods of Egypt who speak through prophets, Moses will directly address Pharaoh as or like God. What's the, what, what's the significance of that? It shows Pharaoh that Moses is higher, set apart from the other gods of Egypt. We're if, if you read the psalm, uh, these gods of Egypt have mouths, yet they cannot speak. They have to have somebody else speak for them, but not the God of Moses. Right? God Moses is different, therefore he has to be different. So when God says to Moses, be like God to Pharaoh, I'm not going to speak through any prophet. I'm going to speak to you as God. And you think about that kind of confidence that must that give Moses to speak to Pharaoh, right? Because before, he was scared because Pharaoh was like the, the ruler of the whole known earth at that time. They were the greatest empire at that time. And that's why Moses was always afraid to go talk to this guy. But now God said, no, no, no. You're going to speak to him at his level and even higher. You're going to be as God to Pharaoh. Check out uh, Psalm 135. 15 to 18, you guys read this part. You guys read it out loud. that in the Philippines a lot, right? Oh, the, the statue is crying. Oh, let's go there. Let's get our cars blessed there. Let's get our 
homes blessed, bless our marriage. And they take the tears and they wipe it on their wounds and, you know, but that's, that's what that is. These statues, you pray, think about the, the idea of it, right? You pray to those statues to save you. Meanwhile, when the fire breaks out, the statue is just still standing there. Who ends up saving the statue? You. <laughs> it's true, right? Statues break down. So what do they do? They have to retoke it. Oh, the finger fell off. Oh, put it again. The color is off. But people worship. <laughs> How foolish that is. Um, God is trying to show not just Pharaoh, but all of Egypt. And Moses, right? Through Moses, that I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not like that. I'll speak to you as God. And Moses, I mean, God tells Moses, speak to Pharaoh as God to separate myself and separate you from the other gods of Egypt. So if Pharaoh was considered a god in Egypt, Moses being a god to Pharaoh also shows that Moses is more superior than even Pharaoh himself. So after hearing Moses' excuse one more time, what did God do? God encouraged him by what? Clothing him with power. Verse P. Okay? Moses, I mean, God clothed Moses with power. He said, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. Now, in the same way, okay, for us as an application, God clothes his people with power. Right? To do what? To confront their fears and overcome them through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how we're clothed with power. So when God calls you to a ministry, there's no need to make excuses. And I hear it every single year when we call nominees for deacons or elders, or not elders, you know, treasurer, uh, treasurers, Sunday school teachers, what else? Who else do we vote for? Uh, even the Comelec members. You call them, the first thing, no, 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 no. Scared of the position. Why? God clothed us with power coming from the Holy Spirit. You saying no to ministry is like, I don't have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but that's the same way. God encourages us to be part of the church and to be active in the church by clothing us with power coming from the Holy Spirit. He did that with his disciples. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to his disciples. Check out John 14, 15 to 18. And again, you guys read it out loud. 14, 15 to 18. How does, the, how does God prepare his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations? By giving them the Holy Spirit. Acts, in Acts 2, he says, don't go anywhere. Wait for the Spirit to come upon you and then go make disciples of all nations. See what it says there? 
the Holy Spirit, when it's the Holy Spirit in you, that's, that's the power. That's why I say, if you say no to serving, you're saying, well, I don't have the Holy Spirit, so I can't do it. God clothes his disciples. God, God clothes his people with power coming from the Holy Spirit to accomplish the great commission. Let's check out Acts 1.8. Read it. But you will receive. You will receive it. Um, and we, uh, right now, if you declare yourself a Christian, if you profess to be one. Now, who's a Christian here? <laughs> no, because he's going to make me do stuff. Uh, <laughs> If you do, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And if you do, that means you're gifted in something. Something. might not be this. It might not be singing. It might not be. But if you're gifted at something, find out what that is. How? You serve. If you have a heart of a servant, you, you don't know what your gifts are, serve everywhere. When God blesses your service, that's you. Right? But Try. But for you to try, for you to even search, you got to have a heart of a servant. And the Holy Spirit will give you power as far as that's concerned as well. So not only did God cover his disciples or, or, or clothe his disciples with power coming from the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus himself was clothed with the Holy Spirit. Read Luke 4.1. Okay. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. What happened in the wilderness? He was tempted, right, for his ministry. Uh, Luke 4.14. And Jesus returned. So after, the, after being tempted, he, he started his mission what in the power of spirit Matthew 12 28 but if by the spirit of God I cast out demons the kingdom of God has come upon me by the spirit of God power to even cast out demons Jesus himself was clothed with the Holy Spirit and everyone who has put their faith in Jesus as the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. Romans 8.11 If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Everybody who professes to be Christian, follower of Christ, Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. And with the Spirit comes power. Therefore, we should have no fear when it comes to serving God in whatever ministry He calls us to. And just like I said last week, ministry is not easy. It is hard. Dealing with people is always hard. And with ministry, that's what you're dealing with. 
not just the people in your group as, a, as far as your uh, ministry is concerned, but the people you are serving. Right? It's hard. That's why every time I go to a restaurant, I always tip the waitress and the waitress, their servers, right? Why? Because they're dealing with, where's my food? Takes long. The food is cold. I want to talk to the chef. There's only two, two cubes of ice. I want four. It's hard to deal with those people. I don't know. I can't work as a server like that. I mean, if you don't like it, go eat somewhere else. <laughs> That's why I like to go to those Chinese restaurants that don't have good service. They just throw the food on your table. Bang. They don't care. I like those places. Why? Because you know their food is good because obviously you're not going to come back for the service. You got to be coming back for something else. It's got to be the food, right? But those places with like nice tablecloths, nice service, sometimes the food is... But I feel bad for those waiters and waiters. <laughs> because they just, that's ministry. You're catering to people. You're serving people. Some of them will be nice. Some of them will tip. Others <laughs> will even complain. Bash your restaurant. Oh, this restaurant sucks. Chef sucks. Blah, 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 blah. Same thing in the church. I get bashed all the time. Right? Sometimes even to my face. But what do you do? You keep going in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of that. Like we talked about before, if this is the work of God and you go against it, you're going against God himself. That's why when you hear that and you're like, okay, this person doesn't like me. This person thinks I'm no good. This person blah, 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 blah. Don't pay attention. Just keep going. Just keep going. Don't, don't, don't listen to anybody else other than. And it's also, don't put your hope on people. Hope should be on God. That's the other. That's a separate sermon. But let me just. Throw that in there as a freebie. So God first, to encourage Moses in his service, clothed him with power. Next, how does God encourage Moses? How else does he, how, what else did he do to encourage Moses to speak to Pharaoh? By telling Moses God's ultimate purpose. So you read the Exodus, you, thought, you think that God's ultimate purpose is to free the Israelites, right? Is that true? Let's read it, Exodus uh, 7, 2 to 7. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as God has commanded them. Now Moses was 80 years old, Aaron 83 years old, when they spoke to, to Pharaoh. So, what is God's ultimate purpose as far as this whole book is concerned? 
Anybody? Going once, going twice here. What about this side? What's God's ultimate purpose? Free the, free the Egyptians? Oh, free the Egyptians. Free the Israelites? What's God's ultimate purpose? Free the? Wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. That's part of it. That's part of it. God's ultimate purpose is found in verse 5. Read verse 5. The Egyptians of what? Know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out my people from among them. God's ultimate purpose really in doing this and at the same time benefiting the Israelites by freeing them is that so that the Egyptians might know that he is Lord. The sin of Pharaoh and all of Egypt is idolatry, obviously. They did not recognize the true God. They worshipped other gods, right? Check out uh, Exodus 5.2. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. So God said, ah, you're going to know me, <laughs> right? And, and by you knowing me, I'm also going to free my people. But God's ultimate purpose is for the Egyptians to know that he is God. Not only that, okay, Pharaoh pretty much uh, blurted out that I don't care about your God. I'm not going to let you go. I don't care what this God says. I'm not going to let uh, people go. And not only that, Pharaoh also brutally enslaved the people of God. So in order for God to show the Egyptians that he is Lord at the same time, free the Israelites from slavery, what is God what is God's going to do? Stretch out his mighty hand against Egypt by great acts of judgment. How is he going to do this? Send Moses and Aaron to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. And at the same time, I don't know if you caught it in the verses, he will harden Pharaoh's heart. Now, what does that mean? This is how God is going to accomplish his, you know, his, his ultimate purpose to let the Egyptians know that he is God. Moses and Aaron speak to Pharaoh, and he will harden Pharaoh's heart. Check out this comment from Reichen. One of the mysteries of God's sovereignty is that he hardens people in their sins by condemning them to their own depravity, which is exactly what happened to Pharaoh. The Apostle Paul agrees with this. Check out Romans 1, 24 to 25. Therefore God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, impurity to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. Check out 28 to 31. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil. Pay attention to this list, okay? They were filled with what? All manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of Envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips. 
slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, pr proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, okay, young people, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Is that it? I'm sure there's more. Do you, do you hear that list? Sometimes God will give you up to that. If that's you and you keep, don't want to listen to God and God's been warning you over and over again, he'll give you up. You want to keep gossiping? Oh, yeah, go ahead. You want to be disobedient to your parents? Yeah, yeah go ahead. See what happens. Right? Sometimes God does that. Uh, and he does that in, in, when, when it comes to guys like Pharaoh. And he does that to his Sometimes his children, he, he lets you just keep going to discipline you, to teach you a lesson, right? And the reason why God does that is because people are arrogant. People are proud. People who are fools, those who know what is right but still chooses to do what is wrong, when you're that, God sometimes, yeah, keep going on your way. God gave, gave these people up to their sins. That's what happened to Pharaoh, right? So it's not as if uh, Pharaoh had a soft heart and God hardened it. That's not what that means. Pharaoh's heart was already hard from the get-go. And the verb used there in, in, the, in Hebrew to describe the hardening of Pharaoh's heart is the Hebrew word hazak which indicates completed action. It's, it's done. <laughs> this guy's heart is hard. God didn't harden it. Pharaoh's heart was not gradually getting hard as God sent one plague after another. Pharaoh's heart was already hard or literally heavy. Right in comments again, it... Pharaoh's heart was slow to grasp the truth, utterly insensitive to true spiritual influences. It was not warmed by love for God. It was neither sorry for sin nor willing to change. Pharaoh's heart was hard all the way through. And again, sometimes God uses it to guys like Pharaoh, but sometimes he uses it to discipline his children. God used that to accomplish his ultimate purpose. The hardness of Pharaoh's heart to submit to God allowed God to display his power for the Israelites and the Egyptians to see. And in and through this display of power, through the plagues, God accomplishes ultimate purpose so that the Egyptians will know that he is Lord so that his chosen people will be set free from slavery. And ultimately, the picture of Pharaoh's heart uh, being hard is a picture of man's depravity, our inability to submit to God and humble ourselves before him because of our sinful nature. But God, thank God, in Ephesians 2, 4 to 8, see what it says? But thank God what? Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved through faith and raised us up uh, with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages 
he might show the immeasurable richness of his grace in kindness towards us Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith it's not your own doing it is the gift of God so all of us were born that way but because of God's grace the good news is our heart of stone have been transformed or our is slowly being transformed to a heart of flesh but again, there are still some of us here in the church that match the description that Paul gave in Romans 1. Hard-headed, stubborn Christians. I'm included in that. Sometimes God will leave us in our sins in order to discipline and help us learn the hard way. I have a, one, of my, one of my kids, I don't know if it was Eli or Caleb, one time I was baking, they were young, so the oven was hot. And, but they kept running into the kitchen. I want to see. I want to see. Uh, so from wanting to see, they're like, I want to touch stove. I want to touch. I want to touch. I'm like, no, go away. <laughs> I want to touch. No, go away. It's hot. You're going to get hurt. I want to touch. No, go away. It's hard. going to get hurt. I want to touch. Okay, go ahead. Touch. <laughs> go ahead. Touch it. And they did. I don't know if it's you or... It was, it was him. <laughs> ah, I started crying. I told you. Some of us are like that, right? God, keeps, God tells you, go right, go right, go right. You're like, no, I want to go left. Go right, go left. Next thing you know, you're in a desert. And then what do we do? God, Lord, why did you forsake me? I didn't forsake you. You went there on your own. <laughs> Right? You're hard-headed. God would be like, yeah, okay, go. You want to go left? Go left. Want to keep buying lotto? To see if you're going to win? Go buy. <laughs> keep spending your money on it. Want to keep gossiping? Keep going. See what happens. Listen. Listen to God. Like, listen to these things. The fool is the one who knows the right thing to do, but doesn't do it. Don't be fools. You're sitting here every Sunday. Yeah. Oh, you even nodding. Oh, you even clapping. And then you walk out the church and you act like a fool. What's the point? If you keep doing that, you'll get numb to these things. Keep hearing it out one ear, out the other. You get numb to it. Next thing you know, you're just here just doing the actions, singing the songs. But nothing's changing. And that's why I say prayer meeting. If nothing is changing, what's the point? What are we here for? <laughs> you have other things. You can do other things than just sit here and listen to this. But if nothing is changing because you're so hard-headed, you're so stubborn, you, I don't care how many cell groups you attend, <laughs> how many books you read. You've got to humble yourself. Humble ourselves before what God is telling us to do and trust that whatever that is, it's, it's right, it's correct, that's what you're supposed to do. And then in, in faith, do it. We're studying um, Proverbs. Uh, on Sunday, or on Sunday school. Right? What's, pro what's the book of Proverbs? How do you gain wisdom? Right? Through knowledge. 
this, this is knowledge right now I'm pouring into you. Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. But it doesn't make sense if you just know and it doesn't change you. Not, not, you don't apply it. it. I used to take offense when people don't get it. Don't get it. And now it's, that's not my job. My job is just plant. So I planted. God will water. <laughs> God will make. Oh, no. I planted water. God will determine growth. So hopefully this it happens. So, so far, God has encouraged Moses to overcome his fear and anxiety by clothing him with and then telling him God's ultimate. Yeah. If you know that God is going to win at the end, it's like watching a movie, right? I already know. This is the end. I know what's going to happen. So, no need to fear. No need to be anxious. Lastly, God encouraged Moses by showing him a preview things to come. Exodus 7, 8 to 13. You guys read it. This one's obvious. I don't need to go in depth with this one. It's pretty obvious, right? Aaron's staff swallowing the staff of the magicians is the preview of what's about to happen. So it doesn't matter if they can recreate these, these acts. I'm still going to separate this God. I'm still going to separate myself from all the gods of Egypt. I'm different than they are. And that's the ultimate display of God's awesome power uh, versus the so-called uh, gods of Egypt. It's like what I said. It's like watching a movie, right? That you know, you already know the end. So there was no need for fear and anxiety. Uh, I believe that's the reason why God had commanded Moses and Aaron to work this miracle in front of Pharaoh before sending the plagues. Uh, so that when it comes time to send the plagues, Moses and Aaron would have the confidence and courage to do what God tells them to do. Now, what about for us? Is there a preview for us? Yes. Check out these verses, John 14, 1 to 4. Preview. Let your hearts, not your hearts, be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If there were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself. Where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Right? Preview. What's going to happen to all of us? Christians, okay? Believers, followers of Christ. He's preparing something for us. A place where we can stay with him forever. 
preview. So even though, yeah, your ministry might be dangerous, some of us will be called to that. No, no need to fear. Why? Somewhere you're looking forward to. Right? Check out uh, John 16, 32 and 33. Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each of you, oh, each, each to his own, own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone. The Father is with me. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Preview. Right? Those of us who are in Christ, there's no need to fear tribulation. There's no need to fear hardship in ministry. Because Christ has overcome. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 to 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Surely do it. Preview again. And last one, Revelation 21.4. That's the best preview of all. That's why I said yesterday in Tata's, Philippe's uh, funeral, sometimes I envy dead people. They get to see something that I just read about, or I'm just reading about in the Bible. They actually get to see it. And the part where there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears, no more, I look forward to that. I'm dieting right now and it's suffering. It's like suffering. And I'm able to eat. I can't eat rice. Uh, I have to, you have to like really will yourself not to. And it's, you're suffering because you, I, I want to enjoy my food. Right? Can't eat as much as you want. You have to work out. It's hard. <laughs> One day, you can just eat whatever you want. And you're not going to get fat. And you're not going to die. And you're not, well, I, I can't wait for that. And that's what drives me to do this. Right? I'm looking forward to that. Yes, one day. Um, so that means whatever suffering I have to go through here, it's all right. What did Paul say in Romans 8? For the suffering of this present time is not worth comparing to the glory that is set before us. Who is looking forward to that? I am. Too many problems here. Now, ministry, dealing with people, I don't want to do it anymore. Right? That's why they, when they say to the, somebody who passed away, rest in. That's, that's why, because they don't have to deal with people anymore. I'm just going to rest in peace. I can deal with the work. I can deal with the, right, the travel. I can deal with all that. But difficult people? <laughs> wow. That is hard. Difficult people like Pharaoh type people. Hard. Hard hearts. 
but God shows us a preview so that even though they are difficult, we can obey Jesus' teaching in the Gospels. To what? Love your neighbor. Love your, even your enemies. Do we follow that? Do we gladly serve him do you, even though the people that we serve are, are difficult? If you don't, if there's fear, if there's anxiety, oh, I can't do that, God is encouraging you. How? By clothing you with, telling you his ultimate, and then showing you a preview of things to come. So let us have confidence in God's promises and joyfully and willfully obey his call for us to serve. Again, he will clothe us with power coming from the Holy Spirit as we confidently obey to accomplish his purpose, which he will accomplish in and through us. And when things are not going our way, God gives us hope to keep going by showing us a preview of what is to come when he finally returns to set everything right. Next week, we start the plagues. In 10 weeks, those of you who have volunteered to preach Exodus, get ready. Because <laughs> we're almost there. We're almost there. This is, the prince, this is the Prince of Egypt part of the book, right? Those of you who have, have seen Prince of Egypt, Anybody here seen Prince of Egypt animation? If you haven't, go watch it because that's the only part that's pretty accurate about that whole movie. But watch it, okay? This is the preview for the plagues. I hope to see you again. Amen? Let's pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you. Just unto you and be gracious.